0: Welcome to the Wisconsin in Focus podcast, powered by the Center Square. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Editor of the Center Square Newswire Service. Wisconsin in Focus is a production of America's Talking Network. You can find all of the Center Square's great podcasts at americastalking.com. That's americastalking.com. And we ask you to subscribe to Wisconsin in Focus wherever you listen to your podcast. We're recording today's podcast on Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. I have fallen asleep and I don't know, maybe I'm having digestive issues or something, but the ghost of Wisconsin past is on the other line. And he is joining me today, the Wisconsin correspondent, Benjamin Yount. Let's, I believe I'm I'm the ghost of, of Christmas past and, and or Wisconsin past, Wisconsin
1: present, and, and Wisconsin future. They, uh,
0: well you just you just walked all over my setup. <laughs> I I wanted to break this up into like three parts, but well, uh, I'm sorry. Oh man. That's why we need I to mean, rehearse. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Christmas guy, so I just you know I think Christmas is a wonderful thing, a wonderful time of year. And now that we have the cyclone bomb or the bomb cyclone or whatever they're calling it. That's blowing through the Midwest right now. Um, I think it's just time that we just uh, put on an extra sweater and put a little bit of uh, some of those spirits in the hot chocolate or the cider. Mm -hmm. I almost bought that that cider. I almost bought eggnog and I'm i I'm not generally a nog
1: fan, But once a year, I want like one, maybe two glasses. So I buy the small quart and I buy the one that already has the booze in it because what's the point of drinking custard if you're not going to get something out of it? And so, uh, yeah, I just, uh, but I I didn't, but there's still time. Uh, This is the problem is that this is Thursday as we tape. And here, you know, across the Midwest, you've got you've got to be living maybe in Florida or Southern California to not know that there's this this huge storm. And it comes as, you know, most people aren't really going to work that Friday before Christmas. So today feels so much like Friday that I have to remind myself, this is Thursday. I have to work today. I have to write tonight. I have to do a a show tomorrow morning. Uh, Otherwise, I'm going to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and just be like, I didn't do any of it and (laughs) lose all of my jobs. But uh, yeah, did
0: Friday. Hey, as, a long as, as long as you share some of the those bottles of spirits that you yeah. got as secret Santa gifts, well, then, I, I think your job with the uh, center square is pretty safe. I will tell you this. If you ever have the opportunity and you should
1: take this opportunity at least once in your life, put on a Santa suit and go to the grocery store. It is the funniest thing. People's reactions. I, I dressed up as Santa Claus uh, to, to hand out secret Santa gifts this morning. And then afterwards I just had to stop at the the grocery store to pick up a couple of things, you know, and just add some stuff for dinner. And it was the funniest thing to watch grown adults all have a snicker, call you Santa. And then you see a kid and the kids are just so excited to see. I took more pictures with strangers today than I think I, I ever have. Uh, It is also a great time to wear a Santa suit to a bar, but that's
0: probably a different story for a different kind of podcast. Uh, That's a bad Santa story right there. The great Santa story right there. Yeah. Well, um, we've never met face to face, Ben, but um, I used to sport a pretty hirsute white beard. And uh, because... My bride is not terribly fond of it. She says it makes me look very, very old. (laughs) And um my granddaughter mistook me for Santa. I thought, well, maybe I'll just take it off for to get through the holidays. And lo and behold, I go to a party on Saturday night and there's all these young children there and uh they had never met me before and they're like, Who are you? I said, What, you don't recognize me? I just shaved off my beard. Still don't know you, I said, Santa, come on. So they, uh, I, I just can't get away from it. I, I, I want to be Santa.
1: It's, it's a fun gig. It really it, is. Oh, really absolutely,
0: is. absolutely. And then you go back to the Cheech and Chong thing, and it's even more fun. So, but we should probably batten down the hatches and tighten it up a little bit and, and start could, talking we can, about... We can talk Santa or we can talk uh, Wisconsin, you know, the six and one, half a dozen Let's the talk other. Wisconsin because we know Santa will be in Wisconsin and we probably have a list of naughty and nice stories to, uh, to discuss about Wisconsin. So uh, why don't we get started by... Uh, you uh, wrote a story and I'm trying to... Yeah, this was like... Late last week about the state audit, and because you didn't do the podcast last week, I don't think uh, you had an opportunity to talk about it because you were a little bit under the weather. Mm. As am I today, under the weather. the 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 weather stomped on me. You
1: know, we ran me over with a truck. Uh, Under the weather doesn't even begin to describe it. Yeah, this is this (laughs) is one of these. This is one of these things that, that that we do here at at the Center Square that we've done since the old watchdog days is just walk the beat of audit reports. And these are often sort of dry, filled with a lot of figures. Auditors, while they're great people, they're not necessarily great writers. Everything is very dry. It's cut. It's mathematical that they're they're simply Offering us a window into what they looked at, they don't put any spice to it. they don't add the mustard. This was one of these reports that when you read it the first time, you're like okay did did I just read that they have no idea how any of this money was spent, and then you read it again, and you say well we we know because there are press releases sort of where the money was earmarked for, but we have no idea what went into these decisions? We have no idea how the state of Wisconsin spent most of its nearly $6 billion in coronavirus supplemental aid. And this is a report that started out, we were the first to write about it. And as the the ball started to roll, this became a huge story across the state. Every single media market picked this one up. And everybody had pretty much the same reaction of, "Wait, what the hell? What? What? <laughs> yeah, what? That you guys didn't write anything down?" And this is this is the Legislative Audit Bureau, which is a, a fantastic set of auditors who work in the Capitol, and they take random looks at random state projects, state endeavors, state programs, state whatever. And this was the supplemental coronavirus relief money. This was the money that was just shoveled out. Some of this is, is ARPA money. Some of this is, is, uh, ACA money, uh, or yeah, yeah. ACA, uh, there are two coronavirus programs and and some of it's one, some of it's the other. And the way that this was tracked is it was tracked on how it was filtered through the various state agencies. And again, at first glance, just to take a look at the numbers, you'd think, oh, my God, they spent all of this on state government. And we did a report yeah, months and months and months ago, years ago, now, about how a good chunk of the money did go to state government operations, did go to pay state workers, did go to to pay the National Guard, but still was not necessarily spent on people. This is the money that eventually trickled down in five thousand dollar or twenty thousand dollar chunks. The governor made a huge huge election year show of coming to every town in Wisconsin with the sort of price's right sized check and we're going to pay for this and we're going to pay for that and and this is going to help with this and this is going to help with that and it it was It was laughable at the time. And then you see the report that says the governor's office essentially decided how to spend this money all on their own. There was nothing that was written down. There was no plan. There were no hearings. There was no sort of, of, of set of facts that, okay, check, check, check. All right. Now you get some money. Check, check. Well, you don't check that third box so you don't get any money. The implication being that the governor got to decide how to spend this money the best way to help the governor. Here's the very, very, very long quote out of the audit. Our request included initial funding requests, agendas, and meetings of the minutes of the meetings that discussed the use of the funds, planning worksheets, one-page summary documents describing the use of the funds, and written approvals from the governor's office for the use of funds, the auditors wrote. In response to our requests, the Department of Administration provided us with publicly available information such as press releases, links to state agency websites for the programs, and grant announcements for programs involving grants. The DOA did not provide us with documentation of the process or the information that DOA indicated it and the governor's office had considered in deciding the use of discretionary funds for the nine state programs. December of 2022, DOA indicated that decisions for using the funds were made during daily conversations
0: with the governor's office, rather than in written documents. This this is uh, mind blowing, Ben. Well, absolutely mind blowing.
1: And, and this is this is one of these ones that, again, because this is written by auditors, it, it is written as a very matter of fact. We asked, and they sent us press releases. We said, "Hey, how did you come to the decision to spend?" part of this $6 billion on every single minor league baseball team in the state of Wisconsin. And they got back a press release that said, Hey, we've decided to spend some of this money on minor league baseball teams in Wisconsin. There was no explanation. And, and state Senator Roger (laughs) Roth who, who who ran for Lieutenant governor said, look, this was essentially the Tony Evers reelection slush fund that if you show up in, Appleton with a big check for the local minor league team, or if you show up in Eau Claire with a big check for the local theater, or you you're in Madison and you say, hey, not only are we going to get the Mallards money, but we're going to get your soccer team that nobody watches money, and yay me, you get a lot of coverage from a lot of local reporters who are just looking for a story that day, and they don't put A to B to C to one, two to three, and next thing you know, the governor spent nearly. $6 billion and nobody knows where it's gone. And, and this, is, this is something that, that, to their credit, Republicans at the Capitol saw coming. At the very beginning of this, when the, the governor first was given this mountain of money by Washington, D.C., the legislature, which controls the state budget, controls the purse strings, said, hey, we, 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 we want to have some accountability. We want to run some of that money through us you shouldn't get to spend all of this just as you see fit and the the way the law was written it was written so that governors in all states red states and blue states but governors had total authority over this and so tony evers told the republicans to go pound rocks and here are the rocks that they ended up pounding that they 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 wish they had something better uh, where was where was the quote where, where the senator said, oh, this isn't monopoly money. This is almost $6 billion in, in taxpayer money that the governor got to spend without any oversight, any control, any accountability. And, you know, we are going to take a look back and we're going to realize that the amount of money that was sent out during the response to the coronavirus was monstrous and a good chunk, half, maybe more, Was wasted because it's not just this report. You take a look at audits, you take a look at sort of forensic examinations of the PPP program, you take a look at the unemployment fraud that was out there, you take a look at all of these situations where there's huge amounts of money just thrown out the door, and it turns out that it was wasted at best, stolen in many ways. And in here with this, the question is not so much did Tony Evers put, you know, a billion dollars into his pocket. No one is saying that. What the implication is, is that the governor got to spend this how he wanted on himself in an election year when one of the things that he could brag about was, hey, I brought home the bacon. I spent a lot of money on you people. Time for you to go vote for me. And yeah, this is this is one of these ones that even when, you know, because I don't think we're breaking any news to say that, that we hear. Uh, you know, at the center square, we sort of look for stories and and, and look for angles that the legacy media tends to ignore. Not even the legacy media could ignore the obvious in this report. But the sad part is money's out the door. It's already been spent. The governor's already been reelected. And Mm -hmm. so it's one of these ones of, yep, they did it and uh probably not going to happen again because we're probably not going to have another coronavirus again but uh you know if it does happen again eh, they're promising maybe to write something down this time
0: <laughs> oh well goodness gracious that's uh, some pretty amazing pretty amazing stuff okay um your friend Janelle Branchon, back in the news and she's Feuding with House Speaker Robin Boss. Tell us a little it, bit about that.
1: This is this goes back to the wonderful Vince Vaughn movie classic dodgeball, where uh. they're at the end and, and it's just I, I think he's it it's one of them uh against the team or maybe he's one on three or maybe he's blindfolding himself. I can't remember. But but the 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 Cotton McKnight uh, comes up with a great line. That's a bold strategy. Let's see if it pays off for him. And this is one of these times where it's a bold strategy to continue to attack the most powerful Republican in the Wisconsin Capitol when you are a Wisconsin Republican who wants to continue serving at the Capitol. But Janelle Branchin is convinced that that she's right about the 2020 election. She's not going to let it go. And she represents she she, the things that she is saying about the assembly speaker are not that different from things that an awful lot of other grassroots conservatives are saying about him as well. Branchin is convinced that there is something more to this than just, hey, we tried, we investigated. It didn't go anywhere. The 2020 election is behind us. The 2022 election is behind us. Let's look forward to 2024. She blasted Voss on her way out as Assembly Elections Committee Chairwoman. It's the Assembly Committee on Campaigns and Elections, I believe is the the official name. And unsurprisingly, she was replaced as its chairwoman. Uh, She was, if we remember our Janelle Branch and timeline, disinvited from the Republican caucus. And since these leadership decisions are made in caucus, she wasn't there to say, hey, I'd like to be in charge of that committee. And so she was replaced. Uh, I'll just read you the quote because her words are, are some of the story. She wrote, Voss is not only known for his vindictive nature, but he also seems to have a vested interest in sweeping election concerns under the rug. She goes on, Voss has not supported any of my efforts in holding people accountable who have clearly violated the law, and he has turned his back on his own choice for special counsel. That would be Justice Gableman. After spending a million dollars worth of taxpayer money, it's evident that taxpayer money was spent to provide cover for Robin Voss. And you wonder why they didn't want her in caucus uh, listening to the sort of private strategery conversations. This, <laughs> this does get even more interesting because Branchin is running for the open Senate seat that's been left open by longtime beloved conservative woman, uh, State Senator Alberta Darling. There's a five-way Republican primary now. The other is the other Dan Canodal, the other Republican state rep. He's considered sort of the, the other front runner in this race. Uh, but yeah, Branchon wants to continue on at the Capitol, not in the assembly, though, even if she loses, she will still be in the assembly. Uh, but she's can, she's going down a path where she looks to continue her service while blasting one of the most powerful men in the Capitol. And, and as, as again, as they say in dodgeball, it's a, it's a bold strategy. We'll have to see if it pays off for it.
0: Wow. Never a dull moment. Okay. Well, let's close out with one more story. Um, this is a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, the Republican national convention uh, just decided to bestow an early Christmas present mm-hmm. on Milwaukee.
1: Yeah. Uh, we, we knew that we were going to get the, RNC, as we like to call it M K E R N C. See how that works? Because MKE is the airport code. Uh, but mm-hmm. they're going to come to the Republicans are going to come to Milwaukee in the middle of July, which is early for a uh it's early for a political convention, but it's one of the most beautiful times to be in Milwaukee because it's an absolutely phenomenal time to be down by the lake see the beautiful weather it's going to be warm but not too hot we'll get some rain but we shouldn't get those sort of midwestern thunderstorms that you sometimes get in in indiana or ohio that just sort of roll through uh the 15th through the 18th and i'm i'm checking my brewer's schedule right now and and that squeezes the convention in while the brewers are on the road in cincinnati and then philadelphia so if if you're if you're looking to catch uh, see it's it's the the brewers and the reds are at home on on the 9th of july and then they're back home against the braves on the 21st of july so you'd have to stay have to get in early early uh to catch a a ball game or you you're you're gonna have to stay late late to catch the, the brewers at home that's that's half of a joke but it's also the the convention schedule and i think we wrote this story. Ooh. Months ago, when when we were just figuring out who was going to get the convention, uh, American Family Field, home of your Milwaukee Brewers, is planning to play a major role in the convention hosting. There's talk of a concert or some sort of an event because you can put forty something thousand people in the stadium, and not, not not all those people are going to be on the field, but you can do something. And it's a beautiful ballpark. Open up the the roof and enjoy the, the wonderful Milwaukee July sky, and so. Yeah, this is the plan here is almost identical to the plan that Milwaukee offered for the Democrats back in 2020. That convention of course never happened because of the coronavirus. So the 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 hope, fingers crossed, is that there's not another global pandemic or not another public health emergency that forces us to to close everything down, but the uh yeah, in July 15th to the 18th I can't think of a better time to be in Milwaukee when the sun is shining and the the, the lake is there. If you come be careful, not just because Milwaukee you know, shootings, uh, the lake water is cold that if you want to go swimming in a lake, don't go to Lake Michigan. Don't go down. Don't go to the downtown beaches, go to maybe Pewaukee, go to Oconomowoc. There are all manners of lakes that you can find that are a little further inland that by mid-July will be nice and warm and you won't have to worry about getting just the tippy top tip of your foot covered and then freezing to death. And, and Door County, beautiful. Go up and see the cherries. I love the peninsula, but if you think of the the water is cold in Milwaukee, you just wait till you get to the beach in Algoma and you you step out over those, those those rocks. Ah, finally the lake and then it's 50 something degrees. But you're you're from the mitten in Michigan. You're used to this. You're just certain times of the year that you're oh, like, heck, "No, yeah. we're we're Absolutely. No, it, the lake's beautiful,
0: but I'm not going swimming in it." <laughs> but I'm one of those guys who thinks it's imperative to jump in Lake Superior. <laughs> any time of year just so but um yeah uh so very very interesting um but you said that there might be a concert at uh the yeah baseball and gym. and and, 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 I, and I, it's the republican convention and is lee greenwood still touring <laughs> i'm
1: i'm sure they're going to get somebody i'm sure lee greenwood will be available uh, I would not be surprised if he, if he makes he's got to sing "God Bless America" some way somehow. Oh yeah, so Proud they'll, be they'll, an they'll American. stick him out. Yeah, you um, bet. I, I imagine probably some sort of country act. And again, all of this was was the the you know Brewers management, the the people who own. American family field being like, Hey, you know, we're totally available and we'd totally like to help. And, you know, we're part of the Milwaukee experience. So I, I don't have, I don't have a bill yet, but uh, as as soon as I, as soon as I hear anything about a a lineup, I will, I will be, I will make sure to, to file it
0: first over at the center square. Well, thank you, Ben. Ben Yount is the center squares, Wisconsin correspondent and Wisconsin in Focus is powered by the Center Square and is a production of America's Talking Network. You can find all of the Center Square's great podcasts at americastalking.com. That's americastalking.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, we ask you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Editor of the Center Square Newswire Service. Listen for another episode of Wisconsin in Focus next week. And Merry Christmas and have a wonderful new year, everyone.